Hi guys, welcome back to Typically Peachy and welcome to episode 150. That's right, 150 episodes down. That is kind of wild. I feel like it just snuck up on me. It seems like episode 100 was not that long ago. I guess it was technically only 50 episodes ago, but 50 weeks is quite a while. We are here, we have made it to 150, and I'm really happy about it. It's an exciting time, only 50 more until 200, which is even more wild to say. Thanks for being here with me. Thanks for listening to me ramble on about a lot of different stuff. It's been so fun thus far, and I'm excited to see where it continues to go. And right now, it's continuing to go into the rest of this episode because we have stuff to talk about. There has been quite a lot that's new with me. Nothing super insanely significant, but still things that I think are pretty important, so let's talk through it. The first thing is that this past weekend, I had such a relaxing weekend. Like, insanely relaxing. I got to sleep in. On Saturday, I practically spent the entire day in bed, which is something that I have not done in a very, very, very long time. For good reason, I don't think you want to do that that often, but one day out of the blue to just relax and chill in bed, it felt so needed, especially after how hectic everything was with going back home, the wedding weekend, all of that. I just really needed this weekend to be relaxing, and it was perfect. I watched a lot of The Bear, I told you guys about that show last week. The season finale of season one was incredible. If you guys are not watching the show, seriously, start it if for nothing else, just to get to the finale of season one. It was so good. One of my favorite finales that I've seen in a long time. And I just started season two, and I've been loving that as well. Also this weekend, because of my downtime, I was finally able to pick up my Kindle again and finish my book. You guys, I have been reading this book for months on end just because any spare moment that I had, I wasn't motivated to read. I get in slumps like that sometimes, and then it just becomes incredibly difficult to finish the book that I'm reading. So I thought, you know what, this is a perfect weekend to at least try to get back into it. And I did it. I started reading the book again, and I actually finished it this week. I'm so happy about it. I'm going to actually talk to you guys about it probably next week instead of this week, because why I picked this specific book, I'll tell you what it's called. It's called The Measure. But why I picked this book is because there's a podcast that's a book club. It's called The Redheads, and they pick a book every month to all read, and then they discuss that book on the podcast. So I really want to listen to that episode first while it's fresh in my mind, and then I'll talk to you guys about it. I'll discuss my opinions. If that podcast episode was good, I'll maybe recommend that too. So more to come there, but I was just so excited to let you guys know that I finally finished it because I'm pretty sure I told you that I was reading this book quite literally four or five months ago. It has been so long, so that in and of itself felt like a mini accomplishment, but an accomplishment no less. And then I was also able to be a bit productive on Sunday, even though most of the day on Sunday I also did nothing, but I did have to plan for an Excuse My Reach podcast episode. I recorded it this past Monday. It's a great episode. I cannot wait for you guys to hear it. As a reminder, new episodes for that podcast come out every first Friday of the month. So I just released a new one last week for the month of July. So the next one will be in August. So look out for that. I will remind you guys, of course. But the guests have been really killing it. They have so much great information to share, tips on getting into the specific industries that they're in. 
I've just had so many really great impactful conversations. So I urge you to go check that out if you guys have not. Again, it's called Excuse My Reach. It's on all major streaming platforms, just like Typically Peachy. And aside from that, I didn't do a whole lot else this past weekend. This week has been pretty good, pretty productive, and it is also leading up to something very, very exciting. Today, and tomorrow, and Saturday, and Sunday, I will be going to a music festival in Chicago. It's called Windy City Smokeout. It's four days of country music. We're going to see Darius Rucker, Luke Bryant, Zach Bryan, Zach Brown Band, so many more artists. I am beyond excited. These tickets are what I got for my boyfriend for our anniversary back in May. So it's finally here. The day has arrived. Like I said, the first day is today. So I cannot wait to go. I cannot wait to hear amazing music. And of course, I will share the entire experience with you guys next week on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. I'm sure it's going to be an incredible experience. That's really it for what's new with me. So let's get into the rest of this episode and let's get right into what's hot. One story this week and why I wanted to share it was because when I saw it, I was a little bit confused. So I wanted to talk about it and clear up any potential confusion that you guys may have felt as well. So over the weekend, I saw an Instagram post from Shay Mitchell, which if you guys don't know who that is, she was one of the actors in Pretty Little Liars back in the day. But also, she is the founder of Bayes, the travel luggage brand, which has seemingly been incredibly successful. I actually have a bag from them. It's less travel. It's more of an everyday tote. I actually recommended it to you guys maybe like a year and a half, two years ago now. That's wild that it's been that long, but I love the tote. I think they have pretty great products. So saying all that, why I bring it up, I saw Shay Mitchell's post and it was about her company, Bayes. And the post was a series of pictures. The first one saying, the Bayes Hotel, and the caption read, pinch me, the Bayes Hotel, 1306 Abbott Kinney, Venice, California. This all feels like a dream. Thank you to everyone who made this possible. You know who you are. So, okay, first of all, the name of this, the Bayes Hotel, and the caption paired with all the pictures, it really made it seem like Shay Mitchell and the brand Bayes was opening a hotel. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. I was reading through some of the comments. People were like, gotta book my stay, can't wait, going to LA immediately, all of these things. So in my mind, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's insane. The Bay's Hotel, that's really, really cool that she has turned this travel luggage brand into now a hotel. It does feel a little bit surprising that she's doing an undertaking like this. Opening a hotel is a huge thing that I feel like is incredibly different than having a luggage brand. But I thought this was awesome, so I wanted to share this news on Typically Peachy, as we do. But when I was looking up articles for this, because of course I was thinking, people are probably writing about this, this is exciting news, I couldn't find anything about Bayes expanding into the hotel industry. So that's when I was starting to get a bit confused, and the only thing that I could find is that I think a couple months ago or something, Bayes had a pop-up at the Grove, and it was called the Bayes Motel. So then I was reading into that, I was seeing pictures about that, and I was like, okay, Emma, the Bayes Hotel is not a real hotel. It is also a pop-up shop. 
So this is not a hotel. If any of you guys have seen this post, I have now confirmed on Baze's Instagram, they have now shown video footage of the whole pop-up because it has opened. So while you cannot stay there, you can purchase in person from there. So maybe not as exciting as I thought that it was, but it does still look like an adorable pop-up. So much so that it essentially tricked me into thinking that it was a real hotel. There was so much design, so much thought put into it. And if I was still in LA, I absolutely would swing by. Because seeing products like that in a really beautiful environment that's so curated to the product, it makes for a really fun experience. At least I think that it does. If you guys are in LA or going to LA soon, like I said, it's on Abbott Kinney Boulevard. And this will be open to shop in real life until July 29th. So it started on the 8th, but you guys still have a couple weeks to go check it out. Let me know what you think. Let me know if it's as cute as the pictures show it to be. I want to know the details. And who knows, maybe this will inspire her to one day open an actual hotel. Because I would have stayed there, guys. Seriously, it is so cute. Either way, very exciting project. That's it for what's hot. Now let's get right into what's good. I have a movie to recommend. It's one that I've wanted to watch for some time now, and I finally got around to watching it because of the downtime that I had. It is called Blackberry. Here is your short and sweet summary. The company behind the first smartphone, the Blackberry, meets a catastrophic demise told you short and sweet it actually came out not that long ago it came out in may but i feel like i didn't hear anything about this movie i kind of just stumbled upon it but it has really good reviews and i think for good reason i really liked this movie it definitely falls in that genre of smart comedy with the elements of true events it is based on the true story And it's interesting because I've recommended to you guys movies like The Social Network or Steve Jobs. And this absolutely falls in that category, which I think is why I love it so much. But what's different about this is that it doesn't really have a successful end story. Like we know, and like that summary said, it's a catastrophic demise. The BlackBerry is no longer a device that people are using. It did really get beat out by new innovation Apple being one of those, but the story of the rise and the fall, which I feel like is something that we don't get to see as often because those other movies, those companies still exist. So we don't know how they would have ended because they haven't ended yet or if even they're going to end or if they're just going to keep innovating. We don't know that, but for this, they do have the accounts of how it happened. So I thought that element made it really unique. It made it exciting to watch But it did also make it a bit sad to watch because you do know that there is going to be an ending that's not so favorable. But nevertheless, it is an incredibly interesting story. There are a lot of inspirational parts in it. The acting was great. I definitely recommend. Again, it's called Blackberry and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Alright guys, and next up for what's good is not a product. It's not a piece of content but it is something that I feel like we should be doing more of when we go out. If you're of age and you go to bars, you go out at night, I feel like many bars have pool tables 
that are not always being used. Sometimes they are, sometimes they're like a core group of people playing pool, but other times I feel like they're just sitting there as kind of a decorative thing that I feel like I want to be taking advantage of. I played pool at a bar this past weekend, and I had so much fun. And now, guys, I am not the best pool player in the world, but I have to say, I am also not the worst. I held my own, I was on a team, but I still held my own. And it's kind of just an exciting thing to do, it's a fun thing, something different to do when you're out. And it gets other people engaged, people around you are watching the game, then they go and they get their drinks, they do their own thing. It's just kind of a very casual, social situation that I think is really fun. So, maybe another weird one to put in what's good, but I thought if I was to listen to a podcast and they gave me a PSA that I should be using the pool tables more at bars, I would maybe think twice about that. So here is your PSA. And even if you're not good, you don't know how to play that well, that's okay, because practice makes perfect, or at least practice makes you better than you were before. So give it a try next time. Last up for what's good, your song. And this week, I am so incredibly excited to share the song this week. Like I told you guys a couple weeks ago, when we were talking about the re-release of Taylor Swift's Speak Now, now called Speak Now, Taylor's version. And I mentioned that there was going to be a song on there that I was so excited about. It was one of the tracks from The Vault. And I had such high hopes because it had my name in it. So I was really hoping that I was going to love it. And guys, Taylor Swift knocked it out of the park with this song. Not only do I love it, I feel like everyone is loving this song because there's really nothing not to love about it. It is so quintessential to her album Speak Now. It fits in perfectly. It makes me wonder why she didn't release it the first time when this album came out, but I'm just happy to have it now. I'm happy that I can play it on repeat. And I am telling you, there are so many lyrics within this song that I deeply relate to. And I've sent some of those to my friends and they're like, oh my gosh, Emma, this song, it is about you. It was made for you. I have never felt so seen by Taylor. I feel like we now both have a mutual respect for one another. Maybe I'm a little delusional, but that's okay. Let me have this, guys. The only thing that could have made this any better and really, I don't even know if it would have, because it probably would have changed the song, which I already think is so perfect. But like I said, when the title of this song was first released, the only thing that I could possibly think of to make it any better was to have Boney Vare as a co-writer of it, to tie it into his album, For Emma, Forever Ago. That did not happen, but that's also okay. And she also did already perform this song live at one of her concerts, but I heard that she messed it up. So, I have high hopes that she's going to perform it again. Hopefully, 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 I get to attend whatever concert that is. We will see. But if you guys want to become as obsessed with this song as I currently am, even if your name is not Emma, the song is called When Emma Falls in Love, Taylor's Version by Taylor Swift. And as always, you can find it on our playlist, Typically Peachy, What's Good?, on Spotify. All right, and to round out this episode, let's get into need to know basis. I'm excited to talk about this one this week because of course, I had to somehow tie it into the fact 
that this is our 150th episode. Yup, you know how I love a theme, so we've themed it, but I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to do for that, because 150, it's definitely an accomplishment, but I felt like there was something to that number. Okay, and I didn't know what it was when I was thinking that. I was just thinking, I wonder if there's any kind of a significance with the number 150. Because of course, everyone talks about 100. We all love 100. We fawn over 100. But what does 150 have to offer for us? So I went to the trusty old Google to see what I could find. And there is actually something incredibly interesting about the number 150 that I want to share with you guys. And it's maybe something that you wouldn't expect. I didn't expect it. Like I said, I just kind of had a feeling that there was something behind this number. But let's talk through what that is. Okay, this is coming from salesforce.com. But there are also a number of other articles and things that have written about this specific thing. This is what it says. Commonly referred to as Dunbar's number, 150 has been proven to be the maximum amount of relationships that any one person can sustain. The original research was done back in the 1990s by British anthropologist Robin Dunbar, who found a correlation between brain size and the average social group size. By using the average brain size and extrapolating from the results of primates, he proposed that humans can only comfortably maintain 150 stable relationships. He then turned his attention to humans to see if his assumptions were correct. They were. As it turns out, 150 is also the maximum size of farming communities before they split or need to be governed or policed. 150 employees is also the optimum size of an organization's workforce before it needs to be split into departments. And historically, it is the basic unit size of Roman armies. Basically, Dunbar argued that 150 is the perfect size of a community. Okay, so isn't that in and of itself really interesting? 150 is arguably the perfect size of a community. So then I was thinking if I thought this, for me personally, to be true. And I was talking to my boyfriend about it when I found this article. And what he was saying, that if you think about it, the community that me and him grew up in at our school in high school was about 110, which I know some of you hearing that may be like, what in the world, 110 for an entire high school, four grades, only 110 students, that's tiny. And yes, that was very small, but that's only 40 off from what Dunbar is saying is the perfect size of a community. And I will tell you, yes, having that experience, it did feel small. But I think that everyone at our school, and I can't really speak for everyone, of course, but in the larger sense, what I am about to say is true. Everybody at our high school knew who everybody else was. Like, you would not be able to reference somebody without people knowing who that person was. You know what I'm saying? Like, you maybe didn't know them intimately, or you weren't friends with them, or you didn't have a real personal connection with them. But if you said that person's name, you would be able to identify who they were. Which I think for, obviously, a lot of high schools is not the case. If you go to a school with thousands of kids, if you say somebody's name, you're not always going to know who that person is. 
And I do think that the mere fact that you know who everybody is, there is an ability to then feel like somebody in the midst of everybody. You're not just washed away in a sea of people. People can spot you. They at least know something about you. In our case, we had a lot of families that went to our school. So for a lot of us, people knew who your family was. They knew who your siblings were. They knew more than just your name. So in that sense, I kind of understand this. Because anything much bigger than 150, like let's say there are 40 more kids in there in that mix, anything bigger than that, I think as soon as you're unable to identify specific things about certain people, then you do start to lose that community aspect. And as somebody that grew up in that environment, that went to school, a high school like that, I liked feeling like I was somebody, and I liked feeling like the people around me were somebody too. It truly did feel like there was this underlying togetherness. Again, that doesn't mean everybody got along and everyone was best friends, but my boyfriend is from that community. Some of my best friends are from that community. So clearly there were some pretty huge positives out of it. I don't know, guys, but I think there may be something there. I guess moving forward, until I get any conflicting information, because then I will entertain that as well, but until then, 150 it is. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. I hope you have a great rest of your week, a fantastic weekend. Thank you again so much for all your support, for all your devotion to listening to this podcast. If we're talking community... I am 150% obsessed with ours. I'll talk to you guys next week. Until then, I'm going to go listen to some great music live and in person. Hopefully you guys get the chance to do the same. Let's come back and share it all together for episode 151. And don't forget to stay peachy, my friends. (laughs) 